，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。The CECC reported 22,983 local COVID cases on Friday, as well as 79 more patients with moderate symptoms and 61 with severe symptoms. Health officials also confirmed multi-system inflammatory syndrome in eight infected children, some of whom have already recovered. Two of the children with MISC were also infected with rotavirus and mycoplasma pneumonia, making them the first two cases of concurrent infection in Taiwan. Let's hear from the CECC. 下的有六位哈，另外有两位是八岁跟十一岁，那有五五位是呃男生。Six of them are five years old or younger. Then there is an eight-year-old and an eleven-year-old. Many of them were diagnosed with COVID in May and June, and developed MISC in June and July. The longest interval was a patient who was confirmed with COVID on May 27th, and developed symptoms on July 17th. Five of the children have already recovered and have been discharged from the hospital. Three of them are still hospitalised. Of the three still in the hospital, two of them are the first in Taiwan to have a concurrent infection, together with MISC. One of them has a rotavirus infection, and the other, mycoplasma pneumoniae. According to the CECC, 136 children aged 12 and below have experienced severe COVID symptoms so far. Two thirds of them were aged five and below. Originally, numbers of children with severe symptoms were evenly split between children aged zero to five and six to twelve, but the proportion of younger children with severe infections has recently started increasing because, according to the CECC, vaccines offering protection from severe symptoms became available for older children. Just over one week after COVID vaccines rolled out for children under five, coverage in the demographic stands at just 6.6 percent. Some parents say they're concerned that the COVID vaccine could interfere with other vaccines in their children's immunization schedule. Doctors on Friday dispelled such fears, saying that COVID vaccine can be administered alongside other shots, as long as they are injected in different areas of the body. Children cry out, and parents try to soothe them. Getting vaccinated is an effective way of preventing severe COVID symptoms. Last Thursday, the government began rolling out Moderna's child vaccines for children aged six months to five years. But many parents say they are holding off on vaccinating their kids just yet, saying that they fear the COVID vaccine could interfere with other shots on the children's immunization schedule. Many parents ask us whether different vaccines can be administered at the same time. The CECC advises that COVID shots can be administered at the same time as other shots on their immunisation schedules, as long as they are injected in different areas of the body. 
Taiwan's immunization schedule includes 10 types of vaccines before the age of five. Some of them require four staggered doses. Doctors say the COVID vaccine can be administered together with any of the other shots, as long as they are not injected in the same part of the body. The government advises that children who have been infected with the virus wait more than three months before receiving their COVID vaccine, but there are no such rules for any of the other vaccines. The CECC says it hopes that vaccine coverage for children under five will reach at least 50 percent. With uptake at just 6.6 percent currently, health officials urged parents to get the shots for the kids as soon as possible. Taiwan's economy grew by 3.08 percent in the second quarter, according to Taiwan's statistics agency. That's 0.23 percentage points lower than originally projected. So far this year, the GDP has grown by 3.85 percent, which is 0.06 percentage points lower than what was forecast in May. The economy was affected by lockdowns in China, which reduced production at several Taiwan-owned plants. But when it came to exports, emerging technology applications and digital business remained strong over the quarter. That, coupled with easing material shortages, allowed goods and service exports to grow by 4.31 percent from Q2 in 2021. Domestic consumption grew 2.96 percent from the previous year, but experts say the baseline was on the low side due to the level 3 COVID alert. The future of film is no longer green. Traditionally, the green screen was vital to create special effects, but a new method using high-resolution LED panels puts actors straight into virtual worlds. Now, a Taiwanese movie studio has fitted the LED video walls, making the green screen obsolete. Let's visit the studio for a peek at the future of Taiwanese movies. The Mandalorian is full of thrilling action scenes. Most memorable are intergalactic fights that seem to catapult the actors into outer space. Getting real actors seamlessly integrated with CGI imagery was all possible thanks to LED screens. Traditionally, film studios were like the one I'm in here. You had to use a green screen for the background, so special effects could be added in post-production. But now we have these film-quality LED walls. Actors can step right into the scene. With the new LED video walls, you can create the scene without any post-production effects. The first LED wall studio in Taiwan has now been unveiled. Its LEDs have 1.875mm pixel pitch, brightness up to 1,500 nits, 8K resolution, and a refresh rate of 7,680Hz. For non-experts, they're good. With frames as smooth as this, Hollywood has competition. Taiwan is lucky to have such a powerful semiconductor supply chain. So in the last two years, we could really push to catch up with Hollywood. This technology is really very close to the specs they have for LED screens in Hollywood. And we can get all this made in Taiwan. It's brand new technology. We can imagine how lively interest will be. There was quite some difficulty in filming on a real location. 
The global market for large LED video walls was worth almost 6.4 billion US dollars in 2021. That was up 15% from the year before. Experts say it could go to 12 billion US dollars by 2025. Massive investment is pouring into the technology. Sometimes it's better to vent and let it all out. That's a message for carers from the Ministry of Health and Welfare. Caring for a sick or elderly relative can be one of the hardest, most thankless jobs. Officials recently held an event for long-term carers to share their struggles. They also have a new website where carers can express their feelings, feel less alone, and get directed to resources for their mental health. My mother got dementia six years ago. Before that, she had colorectal cancer and depression. So we have been caring for her for many years. This lady has been caring for her 96-year-old mother for 10 years. It's an exhausting job. The Ministry of Health and Welfare held this carer's emotional health webcast to support long-term carers' mental health. If carers head to the website, they will be directed to an illustrated story that most chimes with their own experience. They can take a test to determine their level of psychological stress and get an empathetic response. The ministry hopes the webcast will remind carers to pay attention to their own mental health and find suitable ways to let their strong emotions out. This emotion show tells you that when your emotions get too strong, you should pick up the phone and find someone to talk to. Tell them how you're doing. Having a cry sometimes, letting it out, these things are important. The cute illustrations and text show that it's okay to vent or let your emotions show. The memes tell carers it's okay to express their feelings, and in fact, it helps. Officials also remind carers that there are professional resources available. Carers need all the support they can get. The DPP's mayoral candidate for Taipei, Chen Shizhong, announced Friday the formation of 12 campaign support groups, one for each of the city's districts. The former health minister also fended off attacks from his two rivals concerning traffic problems in Neihu. The DPP's Taipei mayoral candidate Chen Shijung and his campaign director announced the formation of official support groups for Chen's campaign in each of Taipei's 12 districts. The former health minister personally put a sash on Yen Zhefa, the head of a Tsai Ing-wen friendship group. Yen will serve as president of the umbrella organisation above the support groups. He has harnessed his connections to find 12 people who will serve as district heads for each of Chen's local support groups. We've seen Taipei stagnate, and I and the people of Taipei hope that Taipei will continue to improve. Moving forward, the heads of our district groups will be my representatives. The heads of our support groups for each of the 12 districts are like tigers. They will lead all the members well and give good support to Ajong. Let's do this. It was a grand ceremony with many big names. After the event, Chen addressed criticism directed at him over traffic problems in Neihu district. The KMT's Zhang Wanan has said that Chen is full of idle talk, merely repeating empty slogans on the matter. Meanwhile, Taipei Deputy Mayor Huang Shanshan has said that Chen had not done his homework and therefore did not understand the problem. 
I don't need to do any cramming on the issue. Everyone agrees that the traffic in Nehu Technology Park is bad. The roads were planned poorly. But I think that bringing former Taipei Mayor Ma Ingzhou into the matter is a bit ridiculous. Lawmaker Jiang is young and promising, but he needs maturity. He shouldn't take the wrong path. He should take the right path in life. Covid prevention is still a matter that we have to handle, but all Jiang does on that front is repeat slogans. Please everyone, get it right. Neihu Technology Park is not Neihu District. The Neihu Technology Park is the Neihu Technology Park. There are traffic jams during commuting hours, but Neihu District as a whole is well connected. It is an excellent residential area. Let's not tarnish Neihu's reputation. Chen chased away verbal attacks on two fronts. Will he be able to keep it up until the elections? It remains to be seen. Saturday marks the second anniversary of the death of former President Li Denghui. Though known internationally as Mr. Democracy, Li's initial career was actually in agriculture. A local publisher launched a book Friday on Li's contributions to Taiwan's agricultural policies. The event was attended by the current Minister of Agriculture and representatives from the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association, among others. Saturday will mark the two-year anniversary of the death of former President Li Denghui. To celebrate the occasion, a local publisher on Friday launched a new book titled Mr. Agriculture Li Denghui. It covers the late president's contributions to farming in Taiwan. The book contains many old photographs showing Li operating farm equipment, inspecting crops and interacting with local farmers. Lee's daughter, Annie Lee, who now heads a foundation in his name, attended the event and shared some stories about her father. Many people know my father as a politician. But back then, that was not who my father was. The memories I treasure the most was when I was young and my father was a scholar. Before becoming a pioneering figure in Taiwan's democratic evolution, Li Denghui was an agroeconomic scholar. He started his career in agriculture while studying in Japan. Later, he attended National Taiwan University, where he studied agricultural science. Even when he entered politics, he always stressed that agriculture is the foundation upon which nations are built. If you go to the minister's office at the Council of Agriculture, you'll see calligraphy with four characters that says agriculture is the foundation of our country. This calligraphy was personally inked by Li Denghui. The book has a foreword by President Tsai Ing-wen and is a complete record of Li's agricultural policies. The event was also attended by a representative from the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association, who said that Li and former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo had worked together to improve ties between their two countries. We recently lost Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, who saw Li Denghui as a mentor. But we can't stop now. President Li Denghui and Prime Minister Abe Shinzo are above us, watching our work to strengthen ties between Taiwan and Japan. Let's keep working toward that goal. It was a loss for everyone, which will leave its mark on all. These few days, some delegations of Japanese representatives have come to Taiwan, and we're going to have some events to go up to Wuja Mountain Military Cemetery. 
The Japanese representative said Abe respected Lee as a teacher and had on many occasions expressed the wish that he would like to visit Lee's grave in Taiwan. Although such a visit did not happen due to Abe's untimely death, the fruits of the friendship between the two former leaders will live on. Friday marks the first day of the seventh month of the lunar calendar, also known as the Ghost Month. On this day, the doors to the underworld swing open, allowing spirits to roam the streets of Taiwan. In Yilan, the day is celebrated with parades featuring local folk gods, as well as a water lantern ceremony. Though activities were scaled back this year due to COVID, participants say the event was as spectacular as ever. Colorful paper lotus flowers with lit candles float on the river. A paper house lantern is set ablaze and laid on the water too. Its flames illuminate the entire Elan River. It's the first day of the ghost month, meaning the doors to the underworld are now open. In Elan, locals release water lanterns as a blessing. They burn paper money and put out offerings for the spirits that come to the mortal realm. It's just like sending out invitation cards. We float the water lanterns into the distance so that the spirits will accept our offerings and prayers. Nowadays, the water lanterns are made from bamboo, which is more environmentally friendly. The traditional water lantern festival kicked off on Thursday night at around 11 p.m. Owing to the pandemic, street parades were cancelled and replaced by motorcades around the city. The main event went ahead with guests presenting lotus flowers and 13 large environmentally friendly lanterns one by one in the water. In addition to praying for peace, this time of the year is also a time to remember relatives who have passed away. The annual festival drew visitors from abroad. We are very interested in Taiwanese culture, so we thought this was fascinating. Standing on a bridge, participants marveled at the beauty of the flames reflected on the river. The lotus flowers scattered on the river and the flickering flames are a way for Elan locals to remember the dear ones while paying respects to the visitors from the underworld. The whale-watching boat Haijing is back on the water, much to the joy of its owners and fans. The boat was one of two that burned down while at port in January, and the pandemic meant delays to its repair. The boat's operator said the pandemic had already chipped away at his business, so the fire was an especially hard blow. Now, Haijing, a boat that many have fond memories of from its 20 years in operation, is back in action, ready to take ocean lovers off into the horizon. Three dolphins swim in unison next to the boat, diving in and out of the water. It's a captivating sight for the passengers on board this whale-watching boat. This boat is the Haijing. Before it sets off on its inaugural trip, the crew set off firecrackers to christen the vessel. However, this is not a new vessel. It is more of a phoenix that has re-emerged from the ashes. In January this year, Haijing and one other boat moored at Shiqiping Fishing Harbor caught fire. The two boats were more than 20 years old. When we sent the boat off for repair, we had knots in our heart. Due to the pandemic, the workers at the factory were away from work, which caused a long delay in the repairs. Actually, these past few years, the business has experienced negative growth, and after the boat caught fire, we felt like we had to just give up. 
After all the years we had the boat, of course we had feelings toward it. It's very touching because it's our old friend. Actually, when Haijing was damaged, it was hard for us. Now it's been restored, and restored to even newer, even greater, even better condition. It can once again take those of us who are passionate about the sea, or passionate about dolphins, back out onto the open water. Haijing, which is registered to Hualien's Fengbing Township, was Taiwan's first whale-watching boat. Its popularity kicked off a surge in interest in whale-watching. Now, after being out for repairs for half a year, Haijing has been born anew. It took about a month to do the inspection after the repairs. The deck had burned up, so that was completely replaced, which means that all the equipment is the same as that of a new boat. Therefore, it had to undergo all the same safety tests as a new boat. So, my friends, there is no need to worry. It is completely safe. After half a year out of water, Taiwan's first whale-watching boat is back at sea. For sea lovers, Haijing's resurrection is like the return of an old friend. The fifth tropical storm of the year formed Thursday night, but meteorologists say it won't have a direct impact on Taiwan. Tropical storm Songda is expected to move west-northwest toward the East China Sea as it loses strength. The storm will, however, blow in wet weather to many areas of Taiwan next week. Let's hear from the Central Weather Bureau. The fifth tropical storm of the year, Sungda, is currently south of Japan. Last night at around 8, it strengthened into a tropical storm. It is a tropical system within a depression. In the future, we expect tropical storm Sungda to move west-northwest through the Ryukyu Islands and toward the East China Sea. Its track path is very far away from Taiwan, so the storm won't have a direct impact on Taiwan's weather. However, next Monday, as the storm approaches, the low-pressure system will bring moisture to Taiwan. Mountainous areas in the plains may all see brief intermittent showers. Their weather won't be so stable at the beginning of next week. In the south, the wet weather will be even more intense. This weekend, the weather will gradually become less stable than now. And from Monday to Wednesday next week, wet weather will prevail. The CWB says the rainy weather could start as early as this weekend, with heavier showers from Monday to Wednesday.